A player attempts to seduce Dungeon Master both in character and out of character and causes a complete collapse of the gaming group and even an in-real-life breakup. This whole situation was bizarre, unexpected, and it came completely out of nowhere. So since this story is a little bit more intricate, here are the characters involved. The Dungeon Master is referred to as me, the OP. Dave is my roommate, playing a half-orc fighter. Annie was Dave's girlfriend, playing a halfling cleric. Rich is a friend of mine and Dave's, playing a zany gnome sorcerer, and Trish, the problem player, was playing a fox folk, a reskinned tabaxi bard, because of course she was. She could also never quite decide whether this person was more cat or more fox or both. It was weird. So we cast our minds back to the days of yore, 2013. I was at university and we were playing Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 edition. For context, I'm not really the typical nerd archetype. I'm fairly tall, and my biggest interest outside of tabletop RPGs, science, math, nerdy movies, and video games is playing rugby. I was on the university team. I am, or was, being an adult sucks, something of a socialite. I also host parties. I love being the center of attention. I love singing. In short, my highest IRL stat is charisma. My lowest is apparently wisdom. Yes, I'm a dude bro. Yes, the the exact stereotype you're thinking of. That one is me. After one such get-together at my place, which was inevitably always a strange mix of guys from the rugby team, my course mates, I studied physics, and my flatmates and their mates, etc., myself, Dave, and Annie were talking, and I suggested of running a Dungeons & Dragons game, and they were both into it. Neither of them had played before, but Dave informed me that our mutual friend Rich played, which I didn't know, and Annie said that she had a friend that would be super excited to join because she was obsessed with tabletop RPGs. That was Trish. Trish was the only person who attended that I didn't know, which naturally made her something of a wild card. But being the sociable person I was, this didn't bother me at all. And when I first met her, she seemed fine. She was lively and excitable. Her and Annie both did practical effects design and she was artsy and enthusiastic with a real twinkle in her eye, which I would realize all too late wasn't a twinkle, but the barely perceptible electrical feedback, which indicated the short circuiting of Sandy wires in her brain. I thought that she would be a joy to have at the table rolling dice with us. If I had only known the depth of the enemy love interest complex she apparently had, I might have realized the rattling noise wasn't her dice tower, but the loose marbles marbles rattling around in her skull. So anyway, from the very first session, the group was great, and everyone's characters were fun, if a little tropey. This is why I didn't bat an eyelid at Trish playing that bard and hitting on every NPC. We all had a good laugh about it, and I responded with NPCs flirting or not flirting in the exact same manner as they would with Dave's character, who often tried his luck to all of our amusement with his minus one to charisma checks. Thus, I thought it was all in good fun, and so did everyone else, because no one could be insane enough to think that imaginary characters interacting automatically meant that the DM wants to bone them, right? Anyway, getting ahead of myself there, there were some red flags, minor ones by the standards of this sub to be sure. These included highlights such as Trish being a little bit obsessive about anime and talked about her perfect man being an exact description of some protagonist from a particular anime. The name I don't remember and the way she described her tabaxi complete with big innocent doe eyes and playful curves and swaying hips. She also showed up wearing fox ears at one point. I thought she was just really 
really into the game and was playing into her character, which in a really disturbing sort of way was right on the money. She also had a weird habit of maintaining eye contact with me for an uncomfortably long period of time. But I, with my in real life dump stat and wisdom, didn't put it together that she might actually have a crush on me in case where this story is leading isn't horrifyingly obvious enough. I was enjoying the group and the immersion. Everyone spent a lot of time talking in character and really getting into it, including Dave and Annie, who I'd been a little bit hesitant about role-playing in the first place. Trish spent almost no time whatsoever talking out of character. Another mild red flag that I overlooked entirely, but one that stands out from the rest in this little retrospective. So, this is where it begins on that fateful night. Dave, my roommate, was not present for this particular session. The night was dark and full of fox-eared discomfort. It was an RP-heavy session. The previous had a sizable combat session with one of the villains and a small side story arc that had been completed. So there was a lot of looting, paying off debts, favors, collecting accolades, drinking in bars, being paraded around on the shoulders of the liberated village, all the normal tropes. This also coincided with the end of our second year exam period, so we were in an IRL similar mood. Everyone was having a great time in a low-pressure session, drinking a decent amount both IRL and in-game. Everyone was smiling and having fun. Trish's character decided that tonight was the night to try and get it on with the burly human bartender NPC she had been flirting with throughout the campaign whenever they had been in this town. Again, I only picked this up in retrospect, but this was the NPC who most closely, although not even that closely, resembled me in how I described them. She had singled this NPC out repeatedly. Anyway, in the revelry of the villain's defeat and this town celebration, she succeeded in her seduction role for this poor bartender. I made a joke about them going off to have a very scratchy session for which he will probably need his back bandaged and attempted a fade to black. Trish was having none of it. Obviously, she wanted to vicariously play out this encounter between these two abstractions in a display that would have made Sigmund Freud himself make the concerned Tom face. She interjected, describing how her characters waited for him to go and get her drinks before taking off all of her clothes and changing into just one of his thin shirts and waiting on his bed in a seductive pose and began to purr. Okay, a little too much detail and she has a creepy look in her eyes while she describes it, but fine. She had a couple of drinks and is a bit too into it. I once again try with, and he sees you. He shuts the door behind himself with a smile. Anyway, back in the bar, Clumperdunk is in the midst of his absurd levitating tankers performance when Trish again interjects, pouting a little this time. She describes how her character stares into his green eyes. My eyes are green. The NPC was described having blue eyes and runs her clawed finger through his brown hair. Again, you guess it, matches with my description, not the NPC. She is now positively leering at me like I'm a cartoon steak. Rich catches on to this and looks as uncomfortable as I feel. Annie is giggling. I assume this is just nervous laughter, but not so. I quite firmly cut to black this time, but Trish looks oddly satisfied and spends the rest of the session, which lasts less than a half an hour, just staring at me and exchanging looks with Annie. At the end of the session, I'm sat with three of them, finishing the drinks before they all head home, and Trish asks to use the bathroom and excuses herself. Annie then gets up and declares that she's going home and asks if poor, innocent, bystander Rich will walk her across campus. They abruptly leave. I wait for Trish to come out of my bathroom for five minutes. At this point, I'm like, if she's taking a dump in there, that's such an absolute piss take. Just wait until you get home. So 
I walk into my room, preparing to knock on the bathroom door, and what do I see? There is a pile of her clothes and underwear at the foot of my bed, and her sole items of clothing are one of my t-shirts and her fox ears, lying in what she apparently thought was a seductive pose. If the only time you ever heard the word seduction was in Japanese, and the sentence ended with senpai, and as if this scene wasn't absurd and insane enough, she also purrs at me before giving me this look, which basically amounted to her stuffing as much of her bottom lip under her teeth as is reasonably possible in what appeared to be an attempt to devour her own chin and blinking rapidly like she was trying to convey some Morse code. Now, Trish isn't unattractive by any means, even in the midst of a mating ritual considerably more bizarre than anything I've ever heard Sir David Attenborough narrate, but I am absolutely not into her whatsoever. I do not see her that way and honestly, I find her a bit weird. This should be a good enough reason on its own, but what takes us from just uncomfortable to awkward and shockingly inappropriate at this time is that I had a girlfriend which she and everyone else at the table knew. At this point I'm standing in the doorway probably looking like I've seen a ghost and my brain has turned to mush trying to decipher the incomprehensible spectacle unfolding before my eyes. She then stops eating her chin and says if you want your t-shirt back you're gonna have to take it off of me. I am now legitimately pissed off with her for this level of inappropriate behavior. I tell her as calmly as possible that she can keep the t-shirt but she needs to leave. She scowls at me and I truly wish I was joking. She hisses at me like a cat. Despite how deeply uncomfortable and annoyed I am, it is an act of sheer abject absurdity that I cannot help but burst out laughing. She immediately loses her composure, grabs her clothes in a bundle and runs outside my flat just in my t-shirt, not even stopping to put on underwear, screaming at me the whole way. Apparently either Annie or Rich has forgotten something so they're about 100 meters away walking back towards the flat. They and everyone else around see two-thirds of a naked cat fox woman throwing a hyper tantrum over getting rejected, creating an utter spectacle in the squad which is overlooked by several blocks of halls, not to mention other students who happen to just be outside. I would have been mortified if I wasn't too busy being somewhere between utter speechless belief and repressed uncontrolled mirth. Annie runs over and throws her coat over the hysterically crying Trish and then starts berating me herself, calling me selfish and ungrateful and telling me how Trish is better for me than my then girlfriend. I'm in utter shock and disbelief at this point. This is totally out of character for Annie. Not knowing what to do in the midst of this bizarre, mutually humiliating meltdown, I just give an apologetic wave and grimace to Rich, go inside and close the door. I call Dave and fill him in on what just happened. He's baffled, shocked, and as angry as I am, especially after I describe Annie's reaction. He calls her and demands to know what's going on. As it turns out, Trish and Annie had concocted the events of the evening together. Annie had informed Trish that Dave would not be present, making it a good night to make her move, and Trish had apparently described the rest of her cringe-inducing misguided plan. This is also why Annie was giggling at Trish's in-character shenanigans earlier in the night and why she so abruptly convinced Rich to leave with her when Trish had asked to use my bathroom. This, it seems, was the signal. Dave called me almost two hours later, which was 4am at this point, and said that he had a huge argument in a shouting match with Annie over the phone and that they had broken up. I received a text from Rich the next day saying he didn't want to play with this anymore because he couldn't handle the drama. Although I explained to him that Trish would absolutely not be there again, I couldn't really begrudge his decision to leave with such a sour taste in his mouth. I blocked Trish's number almost immediately after she left and the only correspondence I had with Annie was a text from her that just said the C word before I blocked her too. Dave and I never played Dungeons and Dragons together again, though we're still friends to this day. So, who was the biggest jerk in this whole scenario? It seems pretty unreal that she would go through all the trouble of making up this fictional character in-game in a game of Dungeons and Dragons and then try and act out the scene she's about to act 
backed out all when they knew he already had a girlfriend. That's the craziest part. You would put all this effort into that knowing that that was the case. I mean, what did she expect him to do? Just to be in that situation where she's on the bed and then suddenly just go, ah, okay, I don't care that I have a girlfriend. Let's just do this. I mean, it's not like he was telling her that he liked her or was giving her some sort of special treatment where maybe she could misconstrue something or maybe she didn't know that he had a girlfriend. She obviously knew all of that stuff and had no signs of anything being otherwise, but still went through all in this entire plan and then was very, very hurt and upset when it didn't work out the way she thought it was going to when she had to run out naked into the middle of this campus. Maybe Annie is the bigger jerk in this situation because Trish had to have asked somebody, do you think that he would be okay with this? Do you think that he would do this? I mean, and who else would really tell her one way or another besides Annie? So maybe it was Annie that told her, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll do it. He's just a frat bro. So he'll do it no matter what. And then this whole situation unfolded. And if that's the case, Annie is the one that has a relationship. So imagine if she was picturing Dave, her boyfriend in this situation. Does she think that Dave would do it even though she was with him? It seems a little bit hypocritical if that actually is the case. But let me know what you would do if you were in this situation and who is the biggest jerk here. Don't forget to drop a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel with notifications on. And if you want to submit your own stories to be featured here on the channel, check out the link down below in the description.